So welcome back to The Point Podcast. Today, uh, I want to more uh, specifically, I hope we do this a little bit every single time you listen, but today in specific, I, I want to give you maybe two uh, reasons or two tips to help you read your Bible better. Right? I, th- I hope that this does that. Uh, and, and today, kind of walking away from it, you're going to feel like, okay, these are two things that I need to look for when I'm reading the Bible, understand, and hopefully it's going to help you read the Bible better. Now, number one, when you open up a passage of scripture and you go to read it, I want you to think through and look for, is there any words or phrases that are repeated, right? Um, so one thing that's cool, when, when we talk about that we believe the Bible is inspired by God, right? Which if you were at our house rule series, uh, house rule number three, we're ready for the word. Why? Because all scripture is God breathed. It's inspired by God, right? So what we believe though in, in, in our faith and, and in our uh, denomination and the faith that we hold to is this, that the Bible was inspired and this is a fancy word, I'm going to explain what it means, the verbal plenary inspiration of Scripture. Here's what that means. This is what that means. Verbal plenary inspiration of scripture. Um, don't freak out because this is really, really simple. Basically, when the when God used men like Moses or Paul or John to write the New Testament, to write the Old Testament, it wasn't like Moses went into like this possessed state and he had no idea what he was writing and he just he just wrote, right? Like literally, like you can imagine his eyes closed, like head cocked back, and just just writing furiously. That that's not how we believe the Holy Spirit inspired these men to write it. But instead, each man wrote it. They were cognitive, like they were present in the moment, but the Holy Spirit is inspiring them to write. So here's what that means. Paul writes in a unique way compared to, say, James. James writes in a unique way compared to, say, Peter. David writes in a unique way compared to Moses. Why? Because God used these men and their personalities and their writing styles and all these things to write the scriptures and record the scriptures. So the reason I say that is because as they're writing it, they're writing it in in an inspired way, but they're writing it in a very practical way too. And one of the practical ways, and you do this in writings that you have, if there's something you want people to get, a great way to do that and a great tool to get people to get what you want them to get is repetition, right? If you want someone to understand an important note, an important fact, or an important part of an essay, you are going to repeat that often. And so one good thing, and this doesn't happen in every passage of the Bible, so I'm not saying that, but but when we see it happening, we should be able to perk our ears up and perk our eyes up and say, okay, it's clear that the Holy Spirit, that the author who wrote this is wanting us to get this part. So for example, uh, a couple weeks ago in Joshua, we preached on Joshua chapter one, four times in that passage. I I believe it's four, if I'm remembering correctly, four times in that passage, you see the phrase, be strong and courageous four times. So so four times in about 20 verses, that's what you're seeing. Isn't it kind of fairly obvious and clear? Okay, this is something that's being repeated. This is something that the author wants us to get. Well, here in Deuteronomy 9, verse 7 through 29, we see something repeated. In verse 18, in verse 20, in verse 25 through 28, you see this idea repeated that God was so angry at the people of Israel that there was a righteous anger at what verse 7 called their stubbornness. There was a righteous anger um, at their rebellion. There was a righteous anger at their sin. Yet three times, verse 18, verse 20, verse 25 to 28, Moses pleads on behalf of the people to God. 
M- Moses lays prostrate before the Lord. Uh, he, he, he lays down before God. He begs God to save the people in verse 18, verse 20, and verse 25 through 28. So three times in this passage, we see this idea that Moses is interceding for God's people. And so we're we're clearly learning something here. We're, we're clearly learning a role that Moses would have had as a leader of Israel. Not only is he a leader, not only is he a prophet, but really he's he's acting as, as a priest here, right? He's acting as an intercessor where the people were stubborn. So God is, uh, or Moses is reminding the people of this stubbornness, right? You can go back to the last two episodes to think about that, but he's reminding the people of the stubbornness and he's saying three times, hey, three times, not once, not twice, but three times, did I intercede for you? you. And so I think it's a good Bible tip reading number one to when we notice repetition and we notice that something, a specific word or phrase or idea is repeated over and over again, it should draw our attention in because we want to know and we want to emphasize what this passage emphasizes. So three times in this passage, it's emphasized that Moses is interceding for the people. So when you read in your Bible, look for repetition. But secondly, when you read in the Bible, look for Jesus. Look for Jesus. Now, that might be weird because you're reading this and it's Deuteronomy 9 and Jesus's name is not mentioned, right? Let's just be honest. It's not mentioned here in this passage. But but Moses doing this for the people is such a clear picture when we look at the totality of the scriptures, when we see who Jesus is in the New Testament, what Moses is doing here for the people is such a clear picture of what Jesus does for us. Can, can I just remind you, and I hope I'm not offending you, but if this does offend you, then you might need to be offended, is we are a stubborn people, right? That's who we are. We are a stubborn people. We are a rebellious people. We are a people who mess up all the time. But but what happened on the cross is Jesus took your sin, took your stubbornness, took your rebellion, took all that. He died for it. So he took the penalty that you deserve. The wages of sin is death. And Jesus paid that debt. He took that wage. He died. And because Jesus died the death that you should have died, the, the New Testament talks about how Jesus is now interceding for us. That when you and I fall short, that we have, the New Testament would say, an advocate with the Father, where Jesus is on our behalf saying, Father, I know they just messed up. I know they just sinned. I know they just fell short. But but I covered that sin on Calvary. I covered that sin on the cross. And we have a Savior who is interceding for us us. And and so we see that in Deuteronomy chapter 9, a a clear picture, a clear type of who Jesus is going to be. Just as Moses interceded for the people three times, Jesus is continually interceding for us. And praise God for that because I need all the intercession that I can get, right? And so I hope that helps you read the Bible is really two things. One, look for repetition. That's not going to be in every passage, but this passage is a good example of a place where it exists. And so notice the repetition. We talked about yesterday. Notice the repetition of God telling his people not to forget. So look for repetition and two, look for Jesus. How does this passage, to use our name, point us towards Christ? How does it get us thinking about Jesus, thinking about who Jesus is, what Jesus is going to do, what he is doing? And I think here we have a clear picture of that where Moses is interceding for the people and it's a picture of how Jesus is going to be and currently is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. So look for repetition and look for Jesus.